Welcome back, everybody. Uh, that was the news, and now it's in time for it's time for encounter with God. But before we go to that, what was up with your mic there, Mon? Something I was know, it's a bit yeah. scratchy. Yeah. We need to get back to our quiz because we actually yes. haven't given that many clues away mm-hmm. yet. So here comes the next clue for the quiz. This is the third clue of this "Who Am I?" quiz. So he's of course a Bible character, mm-hmm. and the third clue is my grandfather placed my brother ahead of me when giving us his blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Look at that. This no. no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't tell us. Don't tell us. <laughs> Our guest is going to give it away. <laughs> if you know who it is, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number. You Can I call? <laughs> <laughs> so Wayne's still with us. Wayne was, uh, we were just having a great conversation off air during the news and uh, we're going to do some more recording uh, with Wayne because he's got so many stories to tell you and so many just amazing pictures he's brought here on his, on his, on his laptop. But uh, we're like, hey, just hang out for the Bible study. Why not? So um, yeah, we've got a Bible study happening. Stories. And now we have our guest who's trying to give away, you know, Wayne, Mon one time in, I, just in I, conversation. Mon one time, Lyle about like five times has oh, accidentally given away the answer or live on air. Man, there's so much fun here. Yeah. <laughs> I did it one time. You're the one who does it Children, all the time. Children, settle down. <laughs> <laughs> You've come back to Australia and you're still working okay. with kids, Wayne. <laughs> Three times maximum in 12 months. Whatever, Trevor. You did it like one Whatever. every time. What? Uh, gave, the, gave, the, gave the clue away. Gave, gave the, the answer, answer away. away for the quiz. Because sometimes we... we we give out a clue, right? And then we discuss it on air. But then while we're yeah, discussing we're it, we forget here, you know, and like we say the answer. <laughs> but you should make your questions a lot harder. This is easy. <laughs> yeah. okay, well, so here's, here's, here's another clue. You know, these these two these these two brothers and there's two brothers, mm-hmm. and and we're talking about one of the brothers uh, were not born in the land of Israel. See, see, this is what happens. They we start alien. Ta- yeah, we start talking Refugee. about it, and then any minute oh, now, so refugees. This, this is a subject that you're familiar yeah. with. Yeah, displaced persons. Well, uh, was he a displaced or was he a refugee? Aha. Uh-huh. There's another question. Well, <laughs> oh, no, no. We, his, his father started out as a slave, a really? child slave in his home country, and then was transported to another country. Then a refugee, and then um, broke out of that. Um, society and rose to prominence. So he's a migrant then. <laughs> <laughs> was he and taken hostage at any point? <laughs> yes. He was? Yes, there was a hostage kind of situation. Was he a minor? Unaccompanied? Um, Should we call Asian well, Aid? How do you define unaccompanied? I don't think he was ever by Call Asian Aid, I'll give you the answer. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was definitely by himself with... Um, okay, so but he was, he was taken captive by... He was taken captive first by close relatives and then by distant relatives who sold him and... Uh, went so he was a slave. Yeah. I'm so nervous that Child one of us slave. is about to just say the name. <laughs> okay, we're talking about the father here. The, the, son's okay. is, the son's weren't as exciting. If you know who it is we're talking about, the son, of course, the answer, give us a call. One of the sons. One, one of, of the, the sons. Everyone's going to know by now, for yeah, sure. Hopefully. Give <laughs> us a call. How many do you have? <laughs> Only, oh, how many? Two or three phone numbers, phone lines. We have The number to call is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. If you can tell us the correct answer, we will, of course, send you the prize for today. Or you can it? text us. Is that your car? Yeah, my imaginary car. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, we're going to give out Wayne's car. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a nice car. Uh, um, don't forget our text n- uh, our number for our text message is 0491-064-669. There, did I read it slow enough? Yeah, yeah. So I usually say 491 and people are like, oh, I can't write it down that quick. Yeah, it's a so. crime to use your phone while you're driving. Oh. Yes, yeah, true. Indeed, it's indeed. True. 
pull over to the side of the road. Yes, indeed. Okay, so where are we up to? We are talking about the book of Acts. We are in Acts chapter 2 and we are talking about... Uh, we are talking about Peter's sermon. Acts chapter 2, verse 17, please, Mon. Acts chapter 2 and verse 17 says, when I can get there, my thumb's a little bit slow this morning, 2.17. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Okay, so this is an interesting situation here because as we read yesterday, uh, the disciples began to speak in many different languages and there were a lot of people there, of course, you know, the local Jewish people, that all they could hear was just uh, um, the babbling of different languages that were being spoken to communicate the gospel. And so they were trying to figure out what on earth is going on, what has come on these disciples um, have they gone mad? Have mm. they gone insane? You know, it's very clear that these are Galileans, and Galileans was a little bit like saying <laughs> bogans, um, in that they may have had, uh, you know, less education than some other portions of society. Certainly, very friendly and. Um, I like you how know, you say that the Galileans were the bogans of the Bible. <laughs> Well, they kind of were. I mean, this is not any any disrespect to bogans because bogans are like the most generous. Yeah, salt of the earth. Uh, They Mm -hmm. are. You mean like vegans? Vegans. Vegans. (laughs) Yeah, almost. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but they were, and suddenly they begin to speak in other languages. Jewish people looking on can't Mm -hmm. understand what's going on because they know that they have very very low education, and so they've gone. They're drunk. They've gone. They've they've gone insane. They've lost. and so if we go back to uh, you know um, verse 13, the Bible says, Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. In other words, they've had way too much to drink. But Peter standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said, You men of Judah and you, and you that live in Jerusalem. So he's speaking now to the Jewish people that live in Judah and Jerusalem that speak Aramaic. Because they're the ones that are making the accusation because for them these other languages just sound like garble. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> listen to my words Verse 15 These are not drunk as you suppose Seeing it's just the third hour of the day So it's you know too early in the morning to be drunk um, But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel And so if we go back to the prophecy of Joel And we read this uh, a week or so ago Mon But let's go back there again um, And Wayne maybe I'll get you to read this one for us Let's go to Joel Hosea Joel It's where you'll find it Joel chapter uh, 2, and let's begin verse 28 and 29, please, Wayne. Then after, then after doing all of those things, I'll pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. In those days I will pour out my spirit, even on the servants, men and women alike. Thank you. Okay, so what this is, and, and Peter obviously takes this passage here and he applies it to the day of Pentecost. He says, This is what is happening. The, the Holy Spirit is being poured out. And, you know, it's one of those Old Testament passages that really gives us an insight into the working of the Holy Spirit and, 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 and what the Holy Spirit is all about. And he said, You know, this is, this is what is taking place here. The Spirit has been poured out. And as a result of that, supernatural things are, taking, are, are happening. And uh, supernatural events were definitely a part of the foundation of the Christian church and should be a part of the foundation of Christianity today. 
Okay, let's go down to Wayne Wally there. Why don't you read for us verse 32? Uh, because this prophecy goes a little bit further into the future. But everyone who calls on my name of the, of the Lord will be saved. For some on Mount Zion in Jerusalem will escape, just as the Lord has said. These will be among the survivors whom the Lord has called. Okay, so when we look at this prophecy here, the Bible talks about those who do what that are going to be saved. What do they actually do? Call out, call out my name. Okay, so they're calling out on they're calling on the name of the Lord. They're calling on the name of Jesus Christ, and this is what Peter is about to in his sermon is about to direct their attention to. He's directing them to Jesus Christ. So this prophecy points forward to a time when the Holy Spirit will be poured out with great power, and people will be directed to Jesus Christ, where they will find and experience salvation. And so Joel's prophecy is quite specific here. And Peter very, very clearly applies it to the day of Pentecost. Mon, mm. is Joel's prophecy only about um, the day of Pentecost? There, there, there's, and let me just give you a bit of background to this question. Yeah. I have had people come to me at, on occasions and argue that the era for miracles is over, that the era for miracles was the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. It was miracles were something that was given to the apostles. Um, and when the apostles died, the era of miracles came to an end. So prophecy came to an end. Um, the work of the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts came to an end. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, it still comes into our heart and changes us into a new person, all that kind of stuff, yes. But uh, that, that miracles are over. Mon, do you think that the time of miracles is over? No, because it says here back in Acts chapter 2 that says, In the last day, God says he'll pour out his spirit upon all people. Okay, so every goes- single person is going to uh, receive the Holy Spirit. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so we're back again. Every single person is going to receive the Holy Spirit. But there's more in this passage. Mon, can you read for us verse uh, 30 and 31, please? We, we skipped over these two verses as we look at this prophecy in Joel. But he was a prophet and he knew God had prophesied, pro- promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. Hmm. You were in the book of Acts. Yeah, Acts chapter 2, right? Yeah, I was actually after Joel chapter 2. I was wondering what that was about. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good passage. It's a good passage. We're going to get to that passage. Which one do you want? Joel chapter 2. Okay, Wayne, you're in Joel chapter 2. All right. Yeah, I'm sitting there. Okay, why don't you grab for us uh, verse 30 and 31, please. So what we, what we want to look for in these verses is this. Um, did this passage, this prophecy of Joel, that Peter applies to the day of Pentecost, did it just belong to the day of Pentecost? Was it only for the apostles and that era, or does it stretch through longer than that? Verse 30, And I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and terrible day of the Lord's arrival. Okay, let me ask you this question. Has the great and terrible day of the Lord arrived? Well, I I guess not. Yeah, I I would guess not. I would guess not. And there's a number of signs here that are given, you know, the sun turning into, the sun sun being turning dark, um, the uh, moon turning to the color of blood, 
Um, of course, that's what we get here in Australia when we have bushfires, isn't it? Mm, yeah. It's the only good thing about a bushfire is the amazing sunsets that you sometimes get as a result of that. And uh, you know, you obviously haven't seen a volcano erupt. Oh, okay. So, so Wayne here has worked with uh, you know in disaster zones for the last thirty years, and uh, you've worked in volcano areas. Yeah, Indonesia. There were so many of them; they were blowing up all over the place. Okay, and oh. you can get the sky going red pretty quick. Wow. Do you get spectacular yeah. sunsets and yeah. all that kind of thing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And sometimes when the the rivers boil or the sulfur gets in the rivers, the fish die, and then you got blood in the rivers. So. Yeah. Oh, so you've seen this? You, oh, you, you, yeah. You've seen this prophecy being fulfilled firsthand in uh, more than one natural disasters. Yeah, more wow. than once. But that, you know that that's not on a biblical scale. No, yeah. no. This is obviously talking about uh, you know the great and terrible day of the Lord. So you've seen some great and terrible things, but maybe not the great and terrible day of the Lord. No. Yeah. Okay. So the great and terrible day of the Lord is a reference to the return of Christ, and the Bible is talking about you know it says um, in those days, in the days. Just before the return of Christ, these are the events that are going to happen. And so the Bible is very, very clear that the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit apply to our day just as much as they applied to their day, that God has never taken the gifts of the Holy Spirit away um, and that you know supernatural acts like God are to be expected now just as then, just as much as then. All right, let's go over to Ephesians. Let's take this uh, a little bit further. Let's go to Ephesians. And in Ephesians, we'll go to, I'm thinking Ephesians chapter 4. The Bible talks about some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I can hear pages flicking all over the place here. Um, And Mon, I'll get you to read these ones for us. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Thank you. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Okay, so the Bible talks about different gifts there, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And tells us what the responsibility is for those who receive those gifts. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on and tells us in the next verse, that's verse 13, how long those gifts are to remain with the church. Mm. What does it say there? Verse 13. Uh, It says, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, no less. Okay, so Mon, have you reached up to the full and mature Ooh, and perfect standard of God? Not by a long shot. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, we all have to recognise our humanity, don't we? Mm-hmm. Which is it's, it's a uh, it's a sad reality. But I think you know if anybody sits here and says, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm perfect," you know, I've, I've achieved it. I've reached that particular point. I will never sin again. Mm-hmm. And be like, why did you just blow it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have not. We have not. When, when will we be able to say? Yes, we have made it. Never? No, we will be able to say that one one, one But we're in heaven. Yeah, exactly. When you're in heaven, heaven, you say, yeah, I made it. When somebody (laughs) gets to heaven, they're not going to get kicked back out again. It's not going to happen. Yeah, no. If you you are there, you are there to stay. So when you're in heaven, you can say, yes, I've made it. Mm -hmm. Praise God. And it's it's not so much that you can say, I've made it. Jesus got me here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's probably the language that we need to be using in relationship to, to heaven is that Jesus got me here. Praise God, I'm here and, uh, and here to stay. And so the Bible says, you know, these gifts of the Holy Spirit are to be here with the church until the return of Christ. That's Amen. very, very clear. They're never to be taken away. 
In fact, if you go over to Revelation chapter 18, Revelation chapter 18, the Bible gives a prophecy in uh, verse 1 and 2. Um, and this is a prophecy that applies to just, once again, just before the return of Christ. Uh, Wayne, can you read those couple of verses for us, please? After all this, I saw another angel come down from heaven with great authority, and the earth grew bright with his splendor. He gave a mighty shout, Babylon has fallen, the great city has fallen. She has become a home for demons. She is a hideout of every foul spirit, a hideout for every foul vulture and every foul and dreadful animal. Okay, so this particular angel, and what's interesting about this, is this angel repeats the message that we found in the three angels of Revelation 14. Mm -hmm. But the only thing that this angel adds to the message is power. Okay. So the, the, the three angels of Revelation chapter 14 are all about the final message to go to the world just before the, the return of Christ. Great. We've got, we've got a message. Let's take it out to the world. Let's give it to the whole world. Jesus is coming soon. This is what the Bible describes as the everlasting gospel. Mm-hmm. That's Revelation chapter 14. Uh, you'll find the everlasting gospel there starting in verse 6. And then in chapter 18, you have a repeat of, you know, the everlasting gospel, a portion of the everlasting gospel. And with that repeat, the fourth angel doesn't come along and say, hey, I've got a fourth message. No, 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 no. The, angel, the fourth angel comes along and says, I've got some extra power. Mm. And this power goes out on a global scale. Mm-hmm. It is worldwide. And so we should expect the power of the Holy Spirit. We should experience the power of the Holy Spirit in the same way that the disciples experienced on the day of Pentecost. So let me ask you this question, guys. Are we seeing it right now around us exactly the same as Pentecost? Absolutely. Oh, okay. I reckon. Wayne says yes. Yeah, you see a lot of signs and wonders happening. What do you say? What do you say, Mon? Yeah, I mean, we definitely see uh, you know signs and wonders and, and that kind of thing happening, but I haven't seen any like flames Dancing on people's heads. Okay, maybe not exactly the same kinds of Yeah, I feel like some yes and some no. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so but we see in the in, in the book of Acts, and, and Wayne, I'll come back and challenge you on this one. Um, we see in the book of Acts, we see you know Peter just walking around and healing people left, right and centre. We see Paul, a situation where they'll take, take his handkerchief and hand it to somebody and they're healed. Mm. Mm. Do we see that level of the supernatural right now? I think on, I, on a daily, common kind of basis. No, I, I, not unless you look for it. Okay, no, I, mean, no, okay. I think you can okay. find it in, like yeah. you know, in third world countries and missionaries. Oh, yeah. You hear stories, right. missionaries well, coming that, back that, and stuff. This is this is something that's interesting because you know you get two different perspectives here. Mm-hmm. And what I find is here in Australia, a lot of people would respond like, "Yeah, no, we don't see that." Mm-hmm. But Wayne, you've spent your entire life in developing countries, in disaster zones, in war zones. Uh, working with children, working with charities, and you've got a very different perspective. I've, I've seen things happen that you can't explain. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen thousands of people, you know, kind of freed from captivity. I've seen people fleeing from, you know, kind of onslaughts, and they've survived. I've I've seen also people, you know, kind of smitten with, you know, all kinds of stuff. But yeah. so, I, the power of the the Holy Spirit, the power of evil, you know, it's all out there, right? It's it's active at work, and the devil knows he's lost, so he's working overtime to try and get as many as he can, you know, before the glorious day comes. And 
at the same time the Lord has said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna gonna help these people out. I'm, I'm so glad you've joined us um, this morning for this particular Bible study, Wayne, because you give us a uh, a unique perspective on it, and uh, something that um, yeah we often don't we often don't see you now living here in the lucky country. We're going to take a break. This is Carly Fletcher with Come Home here on Faith FM. You come after the one who is lost Though the ninety-nine remain And you search near and far over rugged terrain To find us, to find us And carry us home for you. 
Welcome back, everybody. We were just listening to Carly Fletcher with Come Home here on Faith FM, and we are in our Encounter with God section. And as we uh, move into it, we need to have another quiz. We've been a bit slow on our mm-hmm. quiz clues this morning. I can't believe after our big conversation before that <laughs> nobody figured it out. I-, I was wondering if maybe we talked a little bit too much about it and we were confusing people. <laughs> maybe we did. TMI. Maybe we okay, did. this is a Who Am I quiz, and these clues are about to get super easy. So the next clue is, I am the firstborn of Joseph. Mm. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Google it. Just yeah, just look it up and just go look it up. Uh, if you know the answer, of course, give us a call. One eight hundred Faith FM is the number. Ask Siri. Yeah. <laughs> hey Siri, who's the firstborn of Jacob? No, Joseph. Sorry. Why, why did we let Ulrich on the show? I mean, <laughs> Wayne on the show. Wayne Ulrich. Why am I calling him Ulrich? Why would we let Wayne Ulrich on the show? Because he's, he's fun and he's he has giving, great stories. Giving all of the, he's giving all the, uh, all of the secrets I away. Given the answer yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, but yourself well, told him to ask Siri. <laughs> okay, or you can text us on. Here it comes: zero four nine one Okay, where are we up to? We're talking about Peter's sermon. We need to read a bit more of this sermon here. So let's go to Acts chapter 2. And Mon, pick the story for us up in uh, verse 22, please. Acts chapter 2 and verse 22 says, once I can find it, Mm -hmm. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders and signs through him, as you well know. Yeah, keep going. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. Okay, stop there for a moment. How do you think his listeners responded? Is 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 Paul is sorry, Peter, is Peter is Peter backing off here and taking this easy? No. Is His guns are blazing right now. <laughs> he's come straight Peter out. Peter is being Peter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he's got, just got up there and done a Peter. He's done a Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Not to be confused with Petering out because it's totally no. different how Peter does a Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Peter is, uh, yeah, he's just, um, he's just let loose right here. And he's actually pointed the finger at them. Did you notice that? He, yeah. You, he said were the ones who nailed him to the cross and crucified him. How do you think his feelers, his hearers felt about that? His yeah, probably a bit affronted. I think yeah. there might have been some of them sure. that would have been. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there would have been others there who came under very deep conviction. Mm-hmm. Like, what have we done? Mm, yeah. You know, these events, you think about the events that have taken place over the last uh, few weeks since the crucifixion. You know, when the crucifixion actually took place, there were a number of supernatural events that caught people's attention. You know, there's a great earthquake and rocks being broken up. Then there was a bunch of people that were resurrected, mm-hmm. the Bible says, and went into the city of Jerusalem, and then they disappeared. Where'd they go? And then Jesus turns up, and the disciples that you would expect that, uh, you know, they've always said, you know, cut the head off the snake, the snake dies. Mm-hmm. Rather than the snake dying in this situation, it has just come to life in the most powerful way. You know, and where there's, a, where there's an effect, there is a cause. Mm, mm-hmm. And, of course, then there's the story that has uh, gone around that the tomb is empty and the tomb of there, of course, is for anyone to go and have a look at. You mm-hmm. know, anyone who wants to can go and check out whether the tomb is empty or not. 
and uh, you know you've got one hundred Roman soldiers who have told the story like, oh yes, he stole him away while we slept. Well, you know it's a capital punishment for sleeping on duty. And seriously, yeah. a few Galilean fishermen snuck past one hundred highly trained Roman soldiers who all somehow magically were having the every deepest s- nap ever. Every single one of them went mm. to sleep. You know, mm. I, and and these are these are um, these are stories that are just too incredible to believe. Mm. Wake up, everybody! Mm. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, and I think that you know this is and and now when the Holy Spirit has been poured out, the disciples have experienced that power. They know that God is there. They know that God is working. How much fear do they have? Mm. They don't have any, do they? <laughs> Peter just stood up with, without any fear and is like, "Hey guys, you crucified this guy, mm. but it was actually God's plan." Mm-hmm. And he starts to explain why this was God's plan and why it was necessary. Would have, would have, would have been just mind-blowing for his listeners because, you know, they're looking for a conquering king and Peter's giving them, you know, a dying saviour. Mm. Anyway, uh, a few more verses. Uh, uh, Wayne, why don't you pick it up for us in uh, verse 25. Um, just, yeah, read us a few verses 225. Yeah. Um, king David said, yeah. Mm-hmm. King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow the Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. This is a uh, quoting from a prophecy that David made about the Messiah. Mm. And so Peter here has made a very bold statement that it was necessary for Jesus to die, and now he's backing it up with Scripture. So he's gone straight to this prophecy of David, and uh, and he says, you know, the Lord is always there, etc., etc. And we come down a little bit in verse 27, because you will not leave my soul or my person amongst the dead um, or in the grave, neither will you allow your Holy One to see corruption or to rot. He's kind of saying, I told you so. Yeah, that's right. This is what the Bible <laughs> yeah. says. You know, David said you this. listen, I'm telling you now. <laughs> David said that, yes, because obviously if the Holy One, the Messiah, is amongst the dead, he is dead. If he's in the grave, he is dead. Um, if there is a danger that he is going to, his body is going to corrupt, which is um, an old word for rot. What did your translation say there? Um, something? Rot, yeah, I think it said rot. Rot, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um if, if there is a danger that's going to... Oh, clearly he is dead. Mm-hmm. And so Peter's saying, look, there's a prophecy here that Jesus was going to die, mm. but that he would not be dead very long because mm-hmm. the body begins to rot very, very soon after death. And so, you know, three days, the body is still intact, um, and that's how long uh, Jesus was dead for. And... Uh, um, and so as a result of that, you know, he just goes straight to the prophecy and says, this is, this is what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mon, a um, couple more verses, starting from verse 29. Actually, read for us verse 29. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch, patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried and his tomb is still here among us. Okay, so he draws a very stark contrast with David, doesn't he? Mm. The greatest of all the Israelites, King David, of all time, 
um, the person who is mentioned more times in the Bible any, than anyone else other than Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So the greatest of all Israelites, and he says, okay, he died, he's dead, he's buried, his grave is still here, his bones are still in it. So he couldn't have been referring to himself because he's quite Jesus David. died, and he's, he's drawing a contrast here. He's dead, but he came back to life, and his grave is empty. He's, in effect, what he's doing is he's throwing down the gauntlet. He's, he's throwing out a challenge. Mm. If you believe that Jesus didn't come back from the dead, go find his body. Yeah. His body is not here. And he's not doing this in Spain mm-hmm. on the other side of the world where people can't follow this up. We've mentioned this before. He is doing this in Jerusalem, 40-odd days, Fifty. what was it, 52 days since, the, since Jesus was crucified. So 52 days after Jesus died, he is there in Jerusalem where everybody yeah. can so confirm. If you don't him. believe me, go and have a look. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, you don't and have he draws to hear it. from someone else. You go and find it yourself. And at the same time, he is illustrating how much greater Jesus Christ is than King David. And, oh, there's so much more that we could draw out from this particular prophecy um, and sermon. But unfortunately, we're out of time. So uh, we're going to uh, take a song break. This is Jaden Levick with My Father's World.
forgiveness or the lack of forgiveness eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. Shake your chains to the earth Rise up with the dawn Oh, my soul
Welcome back, everybody. That was Daniel Moore Martin with Oh My Soul here on Faith FM. And Mon's got another clue for the quiz. I, I got the last clue for this oh, quiz. Oh, we've got down to the last, last one. one. Yes, it's a Who Am I quiz, Bible character, of course. My brother's name is Ephraim. Okay. Mm, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. And uh, this person was uh, became one of the tribes of Israel mm-hmm. um, on territory that is currently owned by the nation of Jordan. He, he's actually now within. It's now within this this tribe's land is now within Jordanian territory. He's actually super famous for having been like one of the worst, disgustingest people. Okay, that ever. was a name for a king, not this particular individual. Well, I'm giving. But all you have to do is give the name. So yeah, who was the worst king? Yeah, but and who you, still got converted in the end? And who still yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, who was possibly the worst individual? Now, now Wayne's worked with some pretty bad and um, worked, I guess, against some pretty bad individuals around the world um, in his humanitarian work in many um, mm. crisis countries. But uh, I don't think he would. Some have of them are in criminal court in Den Haag. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, Milosevic um, and yeah, Kolovich. Yeah. And uh, but this particular individual here never made it to the criminal court in the in the Hague. And uh, so, uh, but he was definitely one of the one of the worst despots ever to see our. And he had this, he shared the same name. So, if you can uh, figure out who was the worst king of Israel ever, or king of Judah, then you will have the answer. We need to get to our question of the day, which is Mon. It's coming from um, is it Sue? I've forgotten her name. Lynn. Lynn, coming from Lynn, one of our listeners, and uh, and uh, actually we put it up on our Instagram yesterday, and one of our lis- uh, listeners commented um, an answer, mm-hmm. an answer, a link online. So we've combined the two, and we're going to present them both. So the question is, what does Paul mean about speaking with the tongues of angels in First Corinthians thirteen verse one? We did talk about speaking in tongues we did. at length yesterday, so I think our listener must have been wanting to be a bit more information about the f- First Corinthians thirteen verse. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 13, 1 says, Though I speak with the tongues or the languages of men and of angels and do not have love, I have become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. So the question is, what are what is the language of angels? So what's the language of heaven, guys? Uh, it's not German, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it's Australian. <laughs> ah, it's got to be Strine. Come on, guys. Um, no, here's what you find in the Bible as far as the language of angels. The languages that we find recorded in the Bible that angels spoke um, was Hebrew, mm-hmm. Chaldean, and Aramaic. Those are the only ones that I can immediately come to my mind I'm that out. angels ever spoke. I don't spoke. know any of them. Nope, uh, me either. However... Um, what we do find is that angels always spoke in a known language. They didn't speak in a different language that you know we couldn't understand and had to be interpreted. So there's the first point. The second is this, and this is an important verse from Galatians chapter 1 and verse 8, where it says, But though we or an angel from heaven should preach unto you any gospel other than that which we have preached to you. Let me ask you this question. Would an angel from heaven ever preach a false gospel? No. Would Paul ever preach a false gospel? No. No. And this is the same figure of speech that is being used in uh, 1 Corinthians 13. But though we or an angel of heaven did this, which is never done. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels. He's not saying that I necessarily do speak with a foreign or strange heavenly language. He's not saying that at all. He's just saying, you know, even if I did this and didn't have love, 
it wouldn't exist. The only gift of tongues or gift of languages that you find in the Bible is the gift of a known language. There is no reference anywhere to a language other than a language that is a known language that human beings speak. Even when angels speak, that is the languages that they use. Pity we didn't have more time on this. Um, Darren Percival in the sweet by and by is what is coming up next. There's a land that is fairer than day And by faith we can see it afar For the Father waits over the way To prepare us a dwelling place there In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore We shall sing on that beautiful shore The melodious songs of the blessed And our spirits shall sorrow no more Not a sigh for the blessing of rest in the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore To our bountiful Father above We will offer our tribute of praise for the glorious gift of His love And the blessings that hollow our day In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore We shall meet on that beautiful shore that was Darren Percival in the sweet by and by here on Faith FM. Mon, what are we giving up? We got came to the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Time to give something away. Yes, well, I was thinking, you know, today in our good news segment, we talked about um, the the guy who was asking questions in class and got ridiculed for it, and then he ended up being accepted into Harvard. And so I thought, do you know what? We have this book in our in our prize box that's unlike any of the other books. And so I thought, do you know what? Today might be a good uh, time to give it away. So it's called Why can't I do school? And it's written by a lady called Helen Pike, who is actually an associate professor of English at a, uh, a, a university in America. Yeah, I want to know the answer to this question for myself. Yeah, and she's won lots of awards uh, in teaching and excellence in teaching. And the funny thing is, she is uh, attention deficit disorder and highly dyslexic. And um, and so she she can barely you know spell reads very poorly and uh, and this is the, her story and also stories of many learning disabled students that she's worked with who went on to um, achieve uh, really high awards so 
Well, dyslexia is not a learning disability. It's just a different way of learning exactly. that does not suit our exactly. educational system. So, yeah, so readers with learning problems will actually be quite inspired by her story to understand their own disability and find ways to make it work for them. It's not really a disability. It's just a difference. Yeah. So, this is a – it's a um, – Wayne, in your working with children, do you face um, challenges with dyslexia in uh, develop, uh, developing we, countries? We do, but the bigger challenges are the technology kind of trends because right. you've got mm-hmm. exponential kind of focus on use of tabs and use of information and therefore kids are losing their attention mm-hmm. spans, you know, and, and you've got to – keep them busy and keep them educated so one of the programs we do is re-teach professors to train kids in different ways because if they don't change mm-hmm. they're going to die wow because yeah, dyslexics are often very gifted oh, so. Yeah. so yeah why can't i do school a story of help and hope for those who learn differently by helen godfrey pike if you would like a copy of that you can be the first person to call through now the number is 1-800-FAITH-FM that's 1-800-324-843 or of course you can text us where you'd like it sent to 0491 some of the most successful people I know mm. are extremely oh, dyslexic. Absolutely. Some of the most talented people. It's just, uh, yeah, and I think that um, I did some, saw some research once that um, dyslexia is actually an advantage for people who are learning a hieroglyphic language. Yeah, I can imagine. So maybe, we, maybe we just need to teach everybody, you know, Egyptian hieroglyphs and the problem will be solved. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. The language of angels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the great thing about a hieroglyphic language is you can read it in any language. Mm-hmm. But you can read the writing in any language because mm-hmm. just pictures and stuff, I think. Symbolism. Yeah. yeah. Symbolism. The Bible pictures. uses symbolism all the time. Is like Emotion, oh, yes. that's right. Absolutely. Yes. We're moving towards that. Hieroglyphics, you know, and, and my son who's dyslexic can read um, emoticon language way better than I can. Yeah. I can tell you. I can never figure out those yeah. I got him a book written in, in emoticon and he, he did really well with it. So, so you're yeah. learning from the kids now. Yeah. yeah. So it's, all, it's all changed. <laughs> <laughs> the world is being turned upside down. Somebody please stop it so I can get off. <laughs> It's spinning too fast. looks like a good book. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We've had a wonderful show today. Special thanks to our guest, Wayne Ulrich, for joining us today. Yeah, sticking around. Yeah, sticking around was really great. We're going to have to have you back sometime and talk more about this endless stream of stories you have. I just want to know more about the hostage situation. Well, again, if you'd like me to come, I'll be happy to talk in your church. We'll have one on our speed dial. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news. Of course, if you would like to know more about the Bible, what can they do, Lyle? Uh, We can, we can, can, we we know people who know people. We can, we can. Yeah. We can we can hook you up. Uh-huh. Um, if you'd like to know more about Asian Aid, come. It'll be on your website. Yes, of course. Yes. Anything you want to know more about Asian Aid will be up on our social Thank media, you. our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Lines are open. Lines are open now. Of course, stick around. We will have some great programming coming up for the rest of the day, and you have a wonderful, blessed day. Take care. Amen.
Billy. 